I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. First of all, you're on my podcast, so like you're going to listen to me <laughs> talk. All right, that's part, of the, that's part of the deal. My name's in the title. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. This is episode 164, I want to say, somewhere in there, as numbers work, chronologically. Uh, but We literally we just about, talked about it. I know. I have a, I have a short memory. Uh, we are talking about episode 5, uh, or 165, I, I don't know, one, episode 5 oh of <laughs> The Last of Us, and entitled Endure and Survive, and get ready, because this one's going to sting. Oh, this one hurt. It gave me all the feels. I, I didn't think I could feel, and then I no. Then I so felt that, all see, the I call BS on that. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's like it's so hard." Like, if you didn't know how this is gonna end from the <laughs> jump, I feel like you haven't been paying attention. I called it immediately. <laughs> like as soon as the characters were just like, "Well, they're dead." <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. no way they make. Spoiler alert, by the way. Probably mm. shouldn't. <laughs> if you're listening to a recap review of the episode, you should assume we're sure, going to point. talk about everything that happened good in point. the episode. This is this is on good you, point. listener. If you didn't know that Super Sam is super dead, then I don't know <laughs> why you're here. Like, even though I know that he's dead and I saw it, like, you saying it that way made it hurt worse. Oh, oh, the guy who was just saying, like, oh, I can't believe if you heard from this. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, the uh, title of episode five, Endure and Survive, which is a line from the comic book Ellie and Sam both, they bonded over because they both had read it. And like as soon as that line happened, I was like, "Well, he's obviously dead." Well, like, one person there's no coming. They've already bonded. One person so will do that, and the other person, <laughs> sure, yeah. One one of them will endure and survive. The other one's super dead. So episode five gets us, I think, the best Joel and Ellie performance thus far. I kind of feel like the first four episodes, um, definitely episode two, was definitely carried by other people. The first one was carried by. Um, Nico Parker, I think is her name, in my opinion, the uh, Joel's daughter who dies. Uh, episodes three and four, I think you kind of start to see a little bit of the development. But episode five, I think, might be my favorite so far, just because the relationship between Ellie and Joel has reached this point of pure comedy in a very non comedic area, in a very non comedic right. setting. When uh, when they share their food with Henry and Sam, and uh, they all, they're like introducing themselves, and Ellie's like, "Hi, I'm Ellie," and uh, and she like looks at Joel and he's like not budging, and she like hits him, and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, "I'm Joel. You ate. We didn't kill you. You didn't kill us. Let's call it a win-win and get out of here." Yeah, I was like, perfect. Like, right. That's such a great such a great scene. And then um, when I think Henry's like, you know is your dad always like this? And she goes, he's not my dad. He goes, I'm not her dad. Not her dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, like, that's the best. Like, it's the yeah. best that their relationship has been because you know that they care about each other already. Um, and you, definitely by the end of the episode, it's clear that they care about each other. Uh, but you, you just kind of see them bantering back and forth uh, I, throughout this episode. Um, so I thought this was a really great Joel and Ellie episode and kind of like the first one 
it, it's still not even solely based on this is more of a Sam and Henry episode because it's their story yeah. and you're just kind of seeing it through Joel's lens. Yeah, especially the um, first half or the first, you know, 20 minutes or whatever where it's just just the history of Sam and Henry and how they got to this crossroads with with Joel, um, which I thought was great. And I loved what the producers talked about at the end when they were always trying to think of different ways to make the characters, um, you know, more engaging. Like, how can we really captivate these audiences? And one of them called the other one and was like, what if he's deaf? And he's like, yeah, he he had to be (laughs) done the whole time. Uh, I have to imagine for every episode after that, the same guy was like, what if, what if this character's deaf also? (laughs) (laughs) You think we can pull this off? Uh, I think Kevon Woodard, I believe is the, the actor who played Sam. And, that kid did such a great job. Yeah. He did such a great job. He can't be 14, 15, maybe. Oh, my goodness, he did a great job. And he's, it was actually ASL, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty cool. I, I didn't. It didn't cross my mind when I was watching it that he might actually be deaf. Uh, and then when they showed at the end, I was like, wow, I want to watch this again, knowing that the grounds that they were doing this on, because that's for everybody, in, including the cast and the crew and the lighting department. Like, everybody now... Like, that just gives you a much greater appreciation for what they pulled off. Can you imagine with how much that we watch scary things, you two specifically, how much, like, noise is a part of that, mm-hmm. right? Right. If you lived in a world where you couldn't hear that, would you be more terrified or, like, less terrified? Because you're like, I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't I, hear the scurrying, so I'm just kind of like, whatever. Guys, I'm not proud of it, but I do think if I came across a brother and his little brother who couldn't hear i'm not sure i'm adding them to my party as we move forward i just i just don't see that going well you talk about auditory being important to surviving that's like the clickers half the thing is that you hear them Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah. they have extra (laughs) there's a mike flanagan movie called hush which is a deaf woman in a house uh, that's a guy, someone's trying to break into her house and kill her, and she can't hear where he is, but she's hiding in her house. Terrifying. Um, it's a really good movie. Mike Flanagan only makes good stuff. Um, but that was what I kind of felt while watching uh, Sam try to traverse zombie land and not know if he's making too much noise where he steps or can't hear I, what's good. Like, that. wow, wow. I just knew he was going to kick a car or he was going to... Sure. Yeah. Turn a toy on. Have y'all seen A Quiet Place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that I haven't. Why would you ask that? <laughs> oh, Crawford. There's the most heartbreak. So they've got a daughter who is deaf, and she they're like spoiler they're alert. scavenging for like toys or whatever. Yeah, spoiler alert. And she like grabs a toy for her little brother, and because she's deaf, she doesn't think about what this toy could possibly do that's wrong. And the little kid hits a button on the toy, and it makes this huge loud sound. Which then gets him eaten by an alien because the whole thing is you can't make noise. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but, so there's, I think this show, adding that aspect into it makes you as a viewer pull a lot of your other influences of stuff you've seen. Yeah. It's like you're yeah. already like, oh, crap. This kid is nine. <laughs> He's This kid is nine. This is his brother taking care of him. He can't hear anything. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. He was born into this zombie apocalypse world. Right. They did a really good job of letting you... They didn't have to like over-explain it to you. They didn't have to like show you a flashback of him, like as a child, almost being eaten by a zombie because he kicked a car, like you were saying, or you know did that. Like you kind of know. 
which I really like about the show. They 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 assume that you as the viewer are coming in with like a, a good bit of yeah. like knowledge and understanding and um, common sense as to like what these people are already going through. They don't spell it out for you. Like I feel like The Walking Dead yeah. did quite a bit uh, in their 50, 58 season run, whatever they're on now. Who um, has more episodes, The on... Walking Dead or us? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's sad. It might be us. <laughs> um, the actor who played Henry, his name is Lamar Johnson. I thought he... It's not my favorite performance of this series because episode two is going to be hard to beat. Episode one's hard to beat. But I thought he, he conveyed so much emotion and um, conviction. And he didn't have that many lines for the most of it. He got more towards the end. But I thought he did an incredible job of showing the burden and kind of responsibility of someone who is responsible for not only a child in the zombie apocalypse, but a, a deaf child in the zombie apocalypse and getting them to safety. He, I thought he did, gave an incredible performance. I'd love to see him in more stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. When he gives that speech to uh, Pedro Pascal about um, when I said I didn't do violence to somebody, I, w- I wasn't being totally honest with you, and out like lays out exactly what he did and why and you see pedro pascal's immediate reaction is like pissed like i'm working with a collaborator like oh my gosh you're the worst human i've ever met and then it like very quickly backs off of that with like yeah you're a guy taking care of someone you love doing whatever you have to do to keep and he's like looking at both of them playing and the the empathy connection at that moment of like we're both doing whatever we have to do to take care of people that we love. Yeah. I I know the show doesn't have time for it. I, I do wish that we had gotten to see all of that, all of that backstory take place, like in a flashback of Henry and Kathleen's brother. And I wish we got gotten to see Kathleen's brother oh. a little bit. Um, I think I, maybe it's stronger that we didn't. And so you just kind of, you know, have to imagine what that was it's like. like the- the Kessel Run, right? Yeah, yeah. In your imagination yeah. and seeing it play out. I actually like that you don't see him because it makes Kathleen's, as a viewer, like her hatred. It makes it so much more unjustified, right? Because you didn't see it, and yeah. while she's saying all this stuff, you're, at least I was going actively. You see that he was doing the exact same thing, right? Like right. you're trying to kill somebody and like put all of your people in jeopardy for the same thing that he did like for your like and then she ends up dying first i actually didn't think about that that's a good point yeah when she gave that speech in the bedroom about like yeah i i thought that that was really well done and well written because i was like she knows that she's wrong and she knows that it's not what he would have wanted and she doesn't care Um, yeah she's not him Yeah, I also loved the was it Perry? Is that her her right hand man's name? Yeah, yeah. I loved his response, which was, "Yeah, we know you're not your brother, but we've chose to follow you anyways. Like we know that you're. You, this is probably not right, but we've chose you as our leader, so we're going to follow you, no matter what." I I really loved that as a response more so than like, I don't know, being oblivious to it or thinking that she's right. You know, mm-hmm. like he's like they're all evil, just minions. It kind of added a lot of weight, I felt, to that whole QZ that they're just so hurt and broken down that they were looking for anything 
to get True. them out of it. And when they found it, they're you know doubling down on it. And I think I think it it, it humanized Kathleen and the QZ a ton, which the show does an incredible job of putting these character moments in to all of these characters that are not not long for this world. Speaking of Kathleen and the QZ. Um, I don't remember who she's talking to. I'm pretty sure the episode opens up or it's one of the first few scenes when she's talking to, man, I can't remember who she's talking to, but she goes, not everyone has to die. We can put you on trial. You're guilty. So that's how that will go. (laughs) I was like, whoa, this chick is the worst. But also like, I'm totally here for that amount of crazy. Like that amount of crazy is fun in these shows in small doses. I don't want a full season of it. I would like it in like two episodes max. Which I'm really glad they gave us this in like half of one episode and then another full episode. Like right. totally, that's all you need. You don't need a full season and a half of Negan. You know, yeah, two yeah, episodes yeah. is plenty. Let somebody put something about uh, bomb in his car or shoot him in the head. After that, you're good. Yeah, and I also like that they didn't show the atrocities of Fedra there, right? Yeah, everybody referenced it, and you have to imagine it, it was real bad for all these people to just lead a a total uprising and put this clearly not totally stable woman in charge who's just like going to murder everybody um and for everybody to be like that's a good call the other people must have been terrible and they talk about it a little bit and i think that that was really well done that they kind of harped on no they were the worst you are correct audience you can fill in the gaps if this is better than what we had, then they... Yeah. That's why I think this show does a really good job. They let you fill in the gaps, and sometimes that's way better than spelling it out for you. I think most of the times, that's way yeah. better than spelling it out for it you. Was, I think, I can't remember, it was Henry or Joel has that line of like, I had always heard KC's QZ was the worst. It was run by, you know, terrible people. And oh, then, I must have missed that one. Yeah, Joel yeah. says that up in the office building, and Henry's like, no, you're right, it was. Oh, okay. And cool. when you take somebody's freedom away for that long, this is what happens. Yeah. Um, they and th- you do also get to see the like the end part of their rebellion, and they're like hanging people and shooting people, Woof. and that was dark. And yeah. but dark in a believable way. I mean, I've never been in that situation, but it did seem chaotic and clearly that the this is not a good rebellion that this is not you know the rebel alliance taking down a death star sure yeah so i'll say this This is what it would actually be like in real life yeah (laughs) yeah i'll say that yeah it's not ewoks just like throwing a parade It's, (laughs) it's anarchy um putting it in that context when you think about that revolt happened very recently before joel showed up like it happened that night, and then Henry was running, right? And then he was in that attic hiding for like. They said, they I think they said if they stretch it, they can make it like twenty days or something like that, maybe. Yeah. So like within a month, okay, yeah. this revolt has happened, and they have adjusted quickly. They set up <laughs> a lot of things real quick. Organized yeah. militia. They know how to like break down the doors. Everybody knows where they're going. They have. They've painted the trucks. And, you know, done the stuff. Uh, I am impressed with how quickly they got their, their new government up and running. Good yeah, on them. Truly. I'm sure Kathleen is, like, really strong at, you know, she's very obviously very charismatic. And she's very evil. And she doesn't have, you know, she's not morally just. But she does do a good, it, it does feel like she's, she's doing a great job of dotting her 
I's and crossing her T's as far as rounding up all of the people that ratted on people, locking them away, figuring out where Henry is. You know, she's she's setting her rebellion up for success. Maybe not in the long run, but I yeah, because like you know, she sees not... the she sees the ground moving and she's like, "We'll deal with it later. Don't tell yeah, okay. anybody." That should have maybe, not, maybe not the top best. of the priorities, but right. I don't know. Um, it, it, Dotting her lowercase J's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Kyle, you mentioned, um, you know, this show doing Looping a good job. her curse of G's. Curse of capital G's. You mentioned the show doing a good job of uh, letting the audience fill in the gaps. I thought another scene that did this very well in this episode was when they went down to the bunker c- oh, community. Yeah. yeah. Like the underground, and you could tell that people had set up a daycare and a school and uh, this is these are the rules and this is how we survive and it's like whoa Mm -hmm. oh man like it's even sadder that just nobody's there that's the saddest part dude so when they like i guess i just always when when i am watching a scary thing for the first time like i'm always like very much on edge of like anything can jump out out of any corner at any (laughs) point in time so i was like super tense and as soon as they walked in there i looked at my wife and i was like there's going to be a zombie kid in there, and I'm not uh-huh. going to handle that. No, 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 there won't. Fast forward 30 minutes later, when the zombie child gets in the car and chases Ellie, I was like, nope, out. That was upsetting. So out of that. Like, I don't want any part of zombie kid, who's also apparently a gymnast. I don't want any part of that. I would yeah. like to be as far away from that as humanly possible. So Steven Spielberg has talked in the past about how Jaws, he used like the viewer's imagination for the first hour and a half of Jaws, to like make this monster way better than anything he could create at the time. Yeah. Um, because you don't see the you don't see the shark until like an hour or so into the Bruce. into the movie, but you've just seen the havoc that it caused. You've seen the fear that it caused in people, and I think that that's something that's super underused. Whereas now, scary stuff is more like uh, really high pitched music that makes you tense, and then ah, in your face and stuff. Um, so this reminds me a lot of of that to where your imagination is doing like the bulk mm-hmm. of the scary stuff for you. We've seen clickers for about five minutes of screen time. Um, we saw no zombies in this episode up until the last like 10 minutes. Um, but still the whole time I was like super tense. I think this show, if nothing else has done a really great job of, I don't know if it's assuming that you, the viewer are bringing some information into this or they're just saying, you know, you let common sense kind of take you or just using the Steven Spielberg Jaws effect of let your imagination build up this this foe, this evil, this bad, enough to where, like, yeah, we don't really have to do a whole ton of heavy lifting when we show you the bad guy. Like, you're already scared of them just because you've seen the damage that they've done. So I, that's what I think this show has done such a great job of is it, you don't need to have an encyclopedic knowledge of zombies or of this universe or of what's happened recently. You just see the devastation and yeah. the, the crazy, the, the fact that whatever Fedra was doing was worse than what yeah. this chick is doing with her army. Like that's enough. Like I don't need to see the bad stuff. I, that's what I really appreciate. It's a smart show and they just keep introducing new characters that you fall in love with that die very quickly afterwards. When will we ever learn? Yeah. I was more interested when they got out of there and they started walking down the street at night and they're just walking down the middle of the street a hundred percent i was like get out of the middle of the road go to the sidewalk hide in the trees like there's no way yeah there's no way this is smart i get it you're not on the highway but i mean come on 
All it takes is one sniper, one really old sniper to shoot at you. <laughs> With terrible aim, thankfully. I, yeah, the blind guy in the third story house <laughs> the at the guy. end of the block. <laughs> He's using sonar to figure out what <laughs> general area they were in. He's a clicker. He's yeah. a clicker with a sniper. Hundred percent. Yeah, that that scene was really really cool. Um, of Joel finding his way to the back of yeah, that yeah. house and and going up and he was just like, dude, don't just do drop it. it. Just don't. Just do drop it. it and go away. Like I've got the. You couldn't hit me from. You couldn't hit me when I was standing <laughs> in the middle of the street. I've got my gun pointed at your head. Like just right. go away. And right. he still wouldn't do it. No stuff. And then the I radio, was, the walkie-talkie. I, I don't know why I'm doing this this episode, but uh, uh, Steve Martin talks a lot about how, like, in theater, like, before anyone on stage is going to answer a phone, if it's a sad call, they're going to have a really happy, like, laughing line right before it and then pick it up and then it's bad news. Uh-huh. Or if it's a bad phone, or if it's a happy phone call, they're going to have just gotten, like, really sad and nothing's with it. And then they pick up and it's, oh, it's happy, right? Nice. And that's what reminded me of this scene when it's like, oh, Joel saved everybody. He killed right. the, the sniper with terrible aim. Everything's fine. And on the radio, it's like, hey, we're coming right. We're right behind you. We'll keep them in yeah. the street. It's like, crap. I thought we were out. I thought we were uh-huh. in the clear here. Uh-huh. That's tough. Uh, yeah. You're so close to them. Because of that, you do get to see Joel go full Jackson from Saving Private Ryan. Like, the only thing keeping oh, nice. him from, like, he should have been saying Bible verses under his breath as he was just <laughs> dropping zombies. <laughs> With a hundred percent accuracy, the only thing that kept him from dropping one million zombies was a ten-second gun jam. That dude yeah, yeah, yeah. was unbelievable. Mark I, Wahlberg has nothing on his character. Yeah, yeah. I I also love. I think the show does a great job of making things seem believable, even though we're in the zombie apocalypse. But when the caravan of armored trucks arrive, they Henry sure. and the two kids don't just run away and make it out. Like, they're trapped yeah. with a lot of machine guns. And Joel has a sniper rifle, but he can't take down a whole armored HUV or whatever yeah. type of car that was. Um, so I, I, I love how believable the actions and threats are, um, which is ironic because the next thing you get is a volcano of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> a volcano of zombies sounds like the coolest punk band ever. Yeah, I mean, that. <laughs> dibs on that, on that band name. Yeah, album. No, that, that uh, I liked too. That while Ellie was running, she was just blindly shooting behind her. Yeah, because that's what all of us would do in that situation. <laughs> We'd yeah. be like, "Man, yeah. I stole this gun like a day ago. I don't really know what I'm doing." I pointed, I pointed at my me. mirror to feel cool, so like <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm doing. This is the part uh, of the show that I introduces the one thing I didn't like, which is Kathleen brings up the you you shouldn't have tried to fight fate to save your little brother mm-hmm. your little deaf brother yeah. and henry's like he's just a kid and i'm like yeah I, I i didn't like that they kind of introduced this concept of sam was always gonna die because well he had leukemia, he had leukemia. Right? well i mean we're all gonna die but <laughs> yes he, he's gonna die maybe not from leukemia when you're eight. childhood <laughs> you leukemia. Know? i know, yeah, I, know. I know it's just the fact that he <laughs> does end up getting killed at the end of the episode sure. makes it seem like i don't know that what what henry was doing was just absolutely nowhere right 
that's the most devastating part, right? Is that they finally made it out. You felt like the good guys got out. The kids survived. Justice was had. A, a few more good people are going to live in this terrible, terrible world. And then it turns out nothing matters. Everything's meaningless. We're all going to die horribly by yeah. zombies. I know I said earlier I wouldn't take the deaf kid with me in my party, but you sure. best believe if we're in a party together and my little brother is deaf and has leukemia and I could sell you yeah. out to get some medicine for him, I would sure. not. You do it. You should not join my party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I think the most devastating part was the scene where at the when they're back safe in the motel, which even in a zombie apocalypse, the motels look kind of just like look like they look now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think it's great. That's a really they nice. Yeah, that way. Uh, they just pulled up to some Ellie's random hotel in Indiana, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna use this for our." site and they're like oh do you need to like sure. get some set design in here nope nope perfect no as dress is. Up needed here yeah actually yep. can you uh, can you make it a little bit nicer it's can we get the maid in here <laughs> can we act like somebody <laughs> cleaned it at least once in the last 20 the years? most heart-wrenching part of this episode was when ellie sees that he's been bit mm. and she slices her hand mm. open she's like my blood like mm. it's, it's the cure. cure like it's a medicine it'll help you and then the look on her face when she realizes it didn't help yeah. Like that was the, I was like, oh no, that's so sad. Did you did you did you call the bite when they were under the truck? Getting oh, hundred percent. I was asking you guys that. If if anybody did not see that kid getting bit, like I, if if you saw Sam making it out of this episode, yeah, I have beef. We need I, to talk. well, I thought Henry was gonna have gotten bit, and then I thought there was no way both of them. were Well, bit. I thought he might turn and kill his younger brother. I thought that oh, was going to be... Ooh, that would also be sad. Yeah. Dang. It's like you did all this stuff to keep him alive, and then you killed him because... Yeah. Which that's still did end up doing that. Well, yeah. You found the, the one the even sadder... One. Well, I don't know. I don't know which one's more sad. I, I think we skipped over the bloater. Should we go back to the giant tank zombie? I would like to read my note verbatim to you about the bloater. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. Bloaters. Why? Were regular zombies not enough? Were sonar zombies not enough? Why did we need bloaters? I must have missed the bloaters in the game. Because when he ripped that dude's head oh off, my I screamed. Gosh. I, did, I saw clickers in the video game. I saw yeah, the yeah, other yeah. ones. I do not remember seeing someone rip people's heads when off. He when he ripped Perry in half, the I was room. like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or zombies and, not bad enough? Why did we have to do that? And also, I loved Perry. He did a great job voice acting yeah. the brother in the video game and totally. face acting this right hand man to Kathleen. New petition for just acting to be called face acting. <laughs> uh, the Oscars for best face acting in a in a best drama. Face acting performance. <laughs> uh, I I also want to know. I'm sure somebody can tell me where bloaters came from are they like a mutated zombie or was it just a really big dude that got turned into a zombie like, like was was this like guys. the undertaker that got bit by a zombie and he's just like oh god i forgot how big the undertaker is i don't like big zombie to come after me but like here's my thought process zombies were already bad enough like put sonar zombies okay like that's maybe one step across the line but i'll allow it Huge tank-like zombies that rip people's heads off. Why? 
We don't need that. Yeah. We don't need it. Who, who take also, machine gun bullets to the chest like they're marshmallows? Yeah. Drew, with you, did you see Sam being bit before it happened? I, I was worried about it initially. I was like, oh, one of them is going to get bit. And then I forgot about it in like the three minutes sure. between that and when it's revealed. Um, it was just such a tense scene. And the bloater distracted me enough to where... And the, the kid gymnastic zombie that ended up oh, taking... Oh, that's the worst one. Oh, I would rather see a bloater <laughs> ten times out of ten than ever face the tiny gymnastic child zombie. Yeah. When she, like, backflipped, like, whatever, <laughs> somersaulted into the yeah. car and, like, turned around, I was like, no. Yeah. No, no, no. They, She's oh, straight up the Guillermo del Toro. So we have, we have uh, clickers, bloaters, and slinkies. Um, those, are the, <laughs> <Yeah>. slinkies. <laughs> slinkies. those are the other brand of zombies. <laughs> oh, mark this for the promo. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. The when she takes out Kathleen, she dives onto Kathleen. I was, oh, yeah, was I did good. stand up and yeah. start throwing both hands in the air and just celebrating, which I felt bad afterwards. I mean, Kathleen's been through a no. lot. Okay. When Kathleen stopped them and was like, "I'm still gonna kill you," I'm like, "Bitch, realize when you lost. <laughs> like it's done. Everybody's dead. They're almost yeah. home free. Like." Go find another battle to pick with somebody. Oh, I hated her. I'm so glad she's dead. Yeah, you did I'm get so your wish. You didn't want her for long. Yeah. It ending with Henry killing Sam, the child that he's been protecting, the one he betrayed his whatever group for to mm-hmm. save, and then killing at the end. That was really tough. Yeah, uh, that was really great thematically. Mm. Like beautiful storytelling. Yeah, so yeah. sad. Um, there was a minute there where I was like, I don't know if he's going to do it. I think Joel's going to have to wrestle with his gun away well, from him. I'm glad you kid. mentioned that because I think the scene's blocked really well because it starts out with Henry has the gun and is stopping Joel from helping. He like shoots the ground twice or so to keep mm-hmm. Joel from intervening. And then he winds up shooting Sam. And I liked it felt like he was wrestling in real time with, you know, it wasn't just immediately like, oh, my brother got turned, so I got to do the right thing. It was like, no, 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 no. There's got to be some way in just like thinking through all of the possibilities and there weren't any in his head. And there really wasn't. I don't think there is. And he had a super impressive headshot from like 15 yeah, feet away yeah. with a handgun. Well, that, you know, under duress. Notorious for their inaccuracy. <laughs> yeah. Really incredible. Yeah. Well on top of Ellie. Yeah. But that, that, that I was that super was sad. Super intense. And then, Joel, you know, I like that they buried. I like the touch of them burying them because you know that, that probably spent a, a lot of time and effort for these people that they'd only known for twenty four hours. When's the last time you guys uh, dug a hole? <laughs> way harder. It's way so harder. hard. Is that from I Nate think, Bargatze? It's yeah. from the Nate Bargatze thing. He's yeah. like, I get shallow uh, graves. It's like, ah, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Just that's deep enough. It's like, are you sure his feet are sticking out? It's like, put a leaf over it. Like, we'll move on. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you, so the, the producers mentioned something, I can't remember what they said, but this is we start to see Ellie pulling away and kind of losing yeah, some so of her is, fire. This is what I was going to talk about. When that scene at the end, when she comes and drops the, like, I don't know, Etch-A-Sketch or whatever it was on top of yeah. Super Sam's grave. Oh, they said, I'm sorry. And, oh. but, and then she's just like, not talking like let's go every other time that they have departed on part of their adventure she has been funny making jokes 
cracking wise, complaining about why can't I have the gun? What's this magazine of naked men doing back here? Like she's making light of I'm on an adventure. This is all really fun. I'm going to save the world. Ha ha ha. What a fun. I've never been outside of the QZ. What a fun experience. This is so exciting. Right. And Joel has been trying to tell her like, stop doing stuff. You're going to get in trouble. This is going to be bad. People died. This is horrible. This is a terrible place in existence. And she's finally experienced that firsthand. And now Joel's like, oh, shoot. Like, now I have to go, like, comfort her. Because she she right. finally gets it, right? I've been trying to talk her down off of this. Now i got to talk her up. Because... Yeah. Oof. And I thought that that scene was just done so well, communicating all of that emotion and character development very, very succinctly. I think another bit of character development is that when Bill and Frank were dead... Ellie was sitting there and like, you know, not really processing it, but he was like, it's time for us to go. We got to go. Come on. And when Joel killed that dude with his bare hands after Ellie shot him in like the spleen, um, like Ellie was sitting there and he was like, we got to go. Come on. We got to move. This time when they're burying Ellie's friend, kind of, you know, Joel is the one digging the grave and, and taking his time with it. And Ellie's like, Joel, come on. We got to go. Yeah. And you kind of start to see her uh, not dehumanized is maybe the word, uh, but kind of detach from yeah. like the mm-hmm. the feeling, the emotion of it. Whereas Joel is starting to now have feelings for Ellie and feel like he's protecting her, kind of like Henry was protecting Sam. Um, man, this show's really good. Yeah, this show's so really good. good. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any more closing thoughts or not, but I did have one random note that I just I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Um, I need this show to start filming some things in the daylight immediately <laughs> asap and not because it's scary and not because of, it's because i can't freaking see it i can't like if you want to watch this show you better not have any kind of sunlight or glare anywhere near your viewing area because i stood and i'm not kidding three feet away from the television for 25 30 percent of this movie or this show this episode just standing there being like can't see it otherwise oh, just staring at that dark night scene from Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> it's probably a me Did thing. But I'm excited that we're going to Wyoming, where I just assume, I don't know, it's brighter and stuff. <laughs> you hick zombies. Yeah, perfect. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Racist <laughs> zombies. Yes. Worse than <laughs> Slinky. The, the worst kind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve as we talked about episode five, Endure and Survive of The Last of Us. Stay tuned as we've got more episodes coming up and tune in next week when we'll probably also break down episode six and cry some more. This is Not the Podcast You Deserve. (laughs) 